Expectations matter. What do you expect from an SUV? Versatility? A range of sizes built to fit your life? A range of exteriors that all invite stairs? Or being able to take control of more than just the wheel? Expectations matter, but exceeding them matters more. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hey guys, I'm Kendra. Welcome to the Lazy Genius Podcast. Here I'm going to help you be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. Today's episode, the Lazy Genius cleans the house. Okay, so usually I have a pitch trying to, you know, kind of set you up for what's coming, convince you of something. Today I'm doing that for myself because the pitch is I don't have one because I'm trying to convince myself to clean the house. So we'll have a little therapy session together. In the playbook today, it's pretty simple. We're going to talk about why cleaning is the worst and then the 10 principles of keeping a home. All right, so why is cleaning the house so stupid lame? Some of you really actually like to clean your house, um, and I wish I could be you, but I have a, a pretty negative relationship with it, and I know that a lot of you do too. I think for the most part, it comes down to I would rather spend my time doing other things. <laughs> but we could say that about just about anything, everybody. This is one of the hardest places for me to be a responsible, mature human being is to say, okay, I can spend 20 minutes sweeping my floor or whatever the task might be, but it just feels like such a chore, such a drudgery that uh, getting the motivation and the momentum going to do it feels gross. And perhaps one of the bigger components of that problem is what happens when we fail, right? What happens if we have the cleaning schedule and we don't follow through with it regularly? What happens if we start to create a rhythm of keeping our house clean and tidy and welcoming to the people who come in its doors? But then we have a spell where we don't do that and we feel like we're failing those people who are coming through our doors. There is a lot of value and self-worth attached, I think, for some of us to having a clean house. And so rather than having that clean house and then failing, we just say, you know what? I'm just not one of those people. I just don't keep my house clean. I've said that so many times. I've said when people um, are coming over, they're like, oh, don't clean up for me. I'm like, I'm not going to clean up for you. But deep down, I really want to. It's not because of cleanliness necessarily, but I know how I feel when I come into my house and it's picked up and the floors are a little bit shiny maybe some candles were lit and it smells really good. It fills me up. It makes me so happy. Why would it not do the same for people who enter my house? And so I want those people to feel that way really deep down. But above that are these really gnarly layers of, well, if I do it once, I have to do it forever. So here is what we're going to do today. I'm not going to share with you tips on how to clean your house better. 
that the internet was made for that kind of stuff. What I am going to do is share with you my own personal 10 principles of keeping a home, not cleaning it, not cleaning your house, but keeping a home. I feel like there's a difference. So much of life, so much of the difficulty that we experience in life is all about our mindset. Honestly, if you think about things differently, it changes. If you expect, for example, I wrote a post about this a while ago. I had been struggling with a non-sleeping child. I've had a few of those. And every night I would go to bed hoping that tonight was the night that he would sleep through the night. And every night it was not. And I just kept getting more discouraged and more discouraged and more discouraged. And finally, I was talking to one of my sisters about it. And she said, you know, I think maybe what you should do is expect him to wake up. Just go to bed expecting him to wake up when he usually does. Don't have the hope. And just expect it and see how that changes things for you. And it drastically changed things for me because I didn't resent him for waking up. I expected it to happen. And so it was more okay. Nothing changed in terms of the tangible circumstances. My kid was still waking up the same amount of time. I was still getting out of bed to go take care of him. All that changed was my mindset. I've seen that happen in my life multiple times. How we think about things 100% affects how we interact with those things and do with those things. So today we're going to talk about a mind shift in keeping our home. And there's a difference in cleaning your house and keeping your home. And I'm really trying to embrace that shift because I I want to keep a home. I, I want my home to be well kept for the people who live in it and the people who visit it. Cleaning your house just feels like a job and it's gross. And I just smell ammonia in my brain, you know? So we're going to do a mindset shift, mindset shift, and we're going to talk about the 10 principles of keeping a home. If you want these principles when we're finished, if you want these like printed out just to kind of tack in your planner or on your kitchen cabinet or something, just to kind of be a reminder for you, um, you can go to the lazygeniuscollective.com slash 017017. That's the number of this episode. And you can download that, um, that file to just print out and put somewhere because these are really good principles for me to remember. And I hope they are for you too. All right. So let's jump into them. Number one of the 10 principles of keeping a home. Number one, you decide what clean means. Okay. Comparison is the worst. We've talked about that before. I've written about that before. We have wallowed in that grief on Instagram before. Comparison is the worst. And if you compare the way you keep your house, the way you clean your house and what your definition of clean is to anyone else's, whether in real life or imagined magazines, whatever it is, you're going to be unhappy with your own choices each time. So if we can hold on to, we get to decide what clean means. We get to decide what that means for our home and for the people who live in it. So an example here is my kids play in their rooms a lot. My boys uh, build tracks and they have Hot Wheels and trains. Like I'm drowning in Hot Wheels and trains, but they're obsessed with them. They love them. They play with them every single day. And so I have sort of, my husband and I have decided, all right, sometimes the rooms get out of hand. I mean, sometimes if you can't walk to your bed, then there's a problem. And sometimes they need to clean their room in order to remember what they have. Those are two really valuable things. However, every day we do not make them clean their room. Because they play until they go to bed and then they wake up and they kind of keep playing. 
And so that is an area that I have decided the way their rooms are right now, they don't need to look as clean or look clean at all compared to what another kid's room might look like if I visit their house or see it on television or read an article in Real Simple about seven tricks to clean your kid's room. That is not relevant for me. And the sooner that I make that choice, which honestly I have, that's actually one that I have sort of, um, I've already resolved in my head. My kids are not going to have clean rooms all the time. And I'm okay with that because I've made that choice. I have decided what clean means for my family and my boys in their room. And so I don't have any trouble when that whisper of comparison starts to come in. Like you should, you should make your boys clean their rooms more. They should learn responsibility. We try to teach responsibility in other ways. That's, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So it's not even an issue for me. Now, there are many other areas of my home where I haven't yet decided what clean means for me. And that's why I'm like running like a little hamster in its stupid wheel, trying to be a genius about something that honestly does not matter. There are areas of my home where the level of cleanliness does not matter. There are others that it matters more. So as soon as we choose those things, if as soon as we decide what clean means for us and our own home, then half of the work is done, right? Our mindset already begins to shift. We're not comparing with other people. We're making the choice for ourselves. And then we can make actual tangible choices on when we clean those things, what we use to do it, the tools and the tricks and all those things, the smell, the, you know, really good smelly cleaners. We can choose those things based on what is important to us. But until we decide what clean means for us, we will continue to compare. So the first principle, you decide what clean means. The second principle, housekeeping is regularly filling your home with good things that have run out. Think about it like this. Your, what are the good things? Like when your house is at its peak of, of being kept, right? Of not even just clean, but when do you feel the most at home and comfortable and happy in your house? Honestly, for me, it is not when it is dirty and when there's stuff everywhere, when I can see a million dust bunnies everywhere and I'm like, oh, maybe that's why my kid keeps sneezing or whatever it is. Get the Swiffer, everybody. I don't feel that, that sense of calm in my home when it's crazy. So if you think about what makes you feel comfortable in your own home, um, what are the good things in your home? For me, it's like when I get into, when I get into my bed at night and if my sheets are clean, I make noises of happiness. Like I am so happy and I don't even realize how much I love it until I'm doing it. I don't light candles regularly. And that is something that I wish I did more of because when they're lit and the house smells beautiful, are you kidding? Even when you blow out the candle, you know, that smell of a blown out candle, they should make a candle called blown out candle because that smell is almost better than the actual candle. But there are things in my life, in my home that are such good things. And if we think about keeping house as regularly filling those good things, like having clean clothes, having clean sheets on the bed, having um, a, a couch that might not be covered in crumbs anymore that you can sit in with the pillows kind of fluffy and you're not looking at a bunch of junk everywhere. You know, these are obviously, these are luxuries that we get to experience because of where we live and how we live. I've had several friends who have gone with Compassion International to um, different countries to visit the, the kids that Compassion works with and feeds and educates and takes care of. And I remember multiple stories of how these people um, are living in poverty 
I mean, they have nothing. They're living in dirt. They're living in dirt huts. And yet these women, they're sweeping their floor. They're taking such good care of the things that are there. They are keeping their home. I want to feel that way about my home. I want to feel that way when people walk in, not as, look what I have. Look how well I'm doing. Look how comfortable this house is. I want someone to walk in and feel comfort, not necessarily being able to pinpoint like, wow, your books are alphabetized or, oh, I can tell you cleaned your baseboards recently. Like this is not about a checklist life. This is about communicating feelings of warmth and welcome. And even people who have nothing do that far better than we often do. And so the second principle of, of housekeeping being regularly filling your home with the good things. Think about what that feels like for you, what that means for you and the people who live in your home, whether it is the smell of a clean bathroom, whether it's when you step into a clean shower that's shiny and how fun it is to take a shower in a shiny shower. Like it's such a weird thing, but it's, it's really oddly life-giving, right? And so maybe something that we can do, like a, a step that you can take even right now is to think of just two or three things that are good things in your home that you love about your home, that you love when they happen in your home and put into practice regularly replenishing those good things. Okay. So number three, caring for your home isn't old fashioned. This is definitely something that I feel, especially on my like hardcore feminist days, which I have, um, where I'm like, man, just get a house cleaner, it, which is totally a wonderful, wonderful thing. We hire a house cleaner once every six months or something, just because I'm like, I can't, I don't want to do the deep stuff. Let's just hire someone else to do it. On Instagram, I posted a picture a few days ago asking you like, how, what are your, <laughs> how do you survive cleaning your house? And a lot of you are like, I hire somebody without question. It's the best money I spend. And high five on that. It, you can still keep a home. You can still follow these principles and hire a house cleaner. Because how many times friends of mine who um, do have regular a uh, regular house cleaner come, they're like, I need to go clean, you know, pick up the house because the house cleaner's coming. Like it's not that you get to put your feet up all the time. It's just those actual, the cleaning part, the house cleaning part you can hire out, but the home keeping part you cannot. So caring for your home isn't old fashioned. It's not about this idea that, well, the woman stays home in her, you know, her apron and her rag, and she's just going to tend to everybody's needs at the expense of her own. There's actually a lot of love in that and creating a place where people feel safe and clean and cared for, but it's not an old fashioned concept. We can be really strong, um, feminists and believe in equality and work outside the home and be creative and do all the side hustles and all the things that you might feel like you're doing and still keep a home. It's not an old fashioned concept. It's a human concept. And I get in trouble with that sometimes. And so the third principle is caring for your home isn't old fashioned. Number four, hating housework, hand raised on this one, hating housework doesn't mean you don't have time to do it. Okay. So I do this all the time. I'm like, Oh, I hate mopping the floors. And I do. I hate it. I hate it. But that doesn't mean I don't have time to do it. But in my brain, a lot of times I equate those two things. If I hate something, well, I'm just not going to do it. Or I don't have time to do that. Now, the truth is we do make time for the things that we care about. We've heard that so many times in so many contexts. If you care about it, you make time for it. I don't care about mopping my floor. As a singular task, 
I don't care about it. Now, as a task of walking around barefoot in my kitchen and not having my feet stick to the floor, I do kind of care about that a little bit because that happens sometimes. If I find myself in my kitchen barefoot and thinking, I'm going to put some shoes on. I'm not enjoying walking around. It's like, oh, maybe I should mop. Maybe it's time to mop or at least sweep. You know, like it's not about the singular task necessarily. You can hate the singular task, but that doesn't mean that you don't make time to do it. And if you want to spin this as a, you know, you make time for the things that you care about, maybe you care about walking on your floor without feeling gross. But if I start to think about my family walking around in my house barefoot and having to keep rubbing the bottoms of their feet on their pants, you know, because they're getting so many crumbs or whatever it is stuck to their pants. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't want us to do that. That matters to me. That is something that is of value to me. And I'll make time to prevent that from happening for my family to feel comfortable walking around in the house without their shoes on. It's okay for me to still hate the mopping. The distinction matters. And I'm trying to remember that too. All right. So that's number four. Number five. Okay. Stuff is the enemy of clean. I'm not saying get rid of all your stuff, but I am saying back to what I said just a second ago about getting a housekeeper or someone to come clean your house. When someone says, um, I need to go clean the house because the house cleaner is coming. What they mean is I need to put all the stuff away. When my house is crazy, if I think, oh, I need to mop the floor, but then I look at the floor and the floor is covered in several pairs of shoes, the kids book bags that have been left there, um, you know, all the toys, the laundry, like all the things that cover all those surfaces, cleaning feels so daunting because I have to get, take care of the stuff first. I have a stuff problem before I have a clean problem and I don't have time to deal with both, right? So the principle stuff is the enemy of clean is true. Now, how you execute that principle, how you create change in your home based on that principle is really up to you. It could be that you have less stuff. It could be that you do kind of become a bit of a minimalist. Um, there was actually someone on that Instagram post I mentioned who said, I decided to get rid of my stuff. I hate cleaning. And well, maybe she didn't say, hate. maybe I'm projecting that, but she did say, I don't like to clean. And I realized that I clean better if I have less stuff in the house. And I think that makes so much sense. Now you don't have to get rid of all your stuff, but maybe you have more of a process of, of putting it away or having a space for it. The thing, um, so I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of you have read the, oh, what is it? The magic of the magic, something of tidying up, but the KonMari, the Marie Kondo thing, the KonMari method. If you don't know what I'm talking about, props to you for not falling into that, uh, really huge pop culture, um, pit because everybody was KonMariing everything. You remember when Emily Gilmore KonMariing her house? Oh, that was so brilliant. Oh my gosh. Now I own that book. There were a lot of things that I absolutely love about that book. Yes, I went through my closet and I held every single item to see if it brought me joy. I did do that. Not everything. It doesn't work for everything for me, but that's okay. Um, but the point is, uh, she actually has a really great perspective on stuff and clutter that there are two reasons why you look at stuff and you get overwhelmed and you don't do anything with it. Number one is it's just, there's too much of it. There's, it's just too overwhelming to put it away. And then the second is there's no clear place for it to go. So it could be that it has accumulated and it's about mass. It's about volume. It's about looking at this pile and thinking, I don't have time to put all of that away. 
And then the other side is, I don't know where that goes. I don't have a clear place for where that goes. So maybe rather than getting rid of stuff, maybe you just think more intentionally about where it goes. There is a book called How to Clean Your House Without Losing Your Mind uh, by Dana K. White. She is um, the creator of the blog, A Slob Comes Clean. It's a great book. Really enjoyed it. There are a lot of um, really good tips in there for cleaning your house. But one of the things that she says about putting things away, especially when you're decluttering, is to ask yourself the question, if I went to look for this, where would I look? I mean, it blew my mind when I read that because you, what you end up doing, what I end up doing, is thinking about where should this go? Where's the best place for this to go? And sometimes the best place is not the place I would look for at first. And then I get frustrated and I don't know where anything is. And, you know, then it's, it becomes a stuff problem again. So if you're thinking about uh, maybe not decluttering, maybe not getting rid of a, a bunch of things, but you're thinking about putting those things in better locations, rather than thinking about where's the best place for this, ask yourself, where will, would I go look for this and put it there and just put it there and see what happens. It's pretty magical to me. But stuff is the enemy of clean. So if we can have perhaps a better outlook and um, some unique systems for us based on how we live, think about how you live and how you interact with the stuff in your home. If you can have a place for that stuff to go, if you don't get overwhelmed by stuff, cleaning is not going to be quite as hard because you can move into it quickly without having to deal with your stuff problem before. This episode is sponsored by Squarespace. I don't know if you've checked out my website lately, but she just got an upgrade and we did it with Squarespace. With Squarespace, it is so easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. My team recently updated our Squarespace site to use Fluid Engine, a next generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag and drop technology for desktop or mobile. It's seriously so cool. It's mobile layout display. It lets us see what people see on their own mobile devices as we make edits and updates. And 78% of you visit the site on your mobile device. So making sure what you see looks and performs the way it's meant to matters to me. If you want to build a new website, try out Squarespace. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash lazy genius to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I found Olive in June in 2020 when we were all looking for new hobbies and things to do. Well, now almost four years later, doing my nails at home with my daughter, Annie, and Olive in June's Manny system is still one of the things I look forward to every week. Olive in June makes it easy to get a salon-worthy manicure from the comfort of your home. The Manny system has everything you need in one box, salon-grade tools designed just for DIY, and your choice of six polish colors. And y'all, the colors they make are stunning. Annie and I just tried out their new colors for Valentine's day i'm wearing love note a sparkly nude that matches my skin tone and annie is wearing bouquet a shimmery pink that matches her personality plus olive and june's polish is chip resistant and lasts for seven days visit oliveandjune.com slash lazy genius for 20 percent off your first manny system that's o-l-i-v-e-a-n-d-j-u-n-e.com slash l-a-z-y-g-e-n-i-u-s for 20 percent off your first manny system this episode is sponsored by Chomps. With three kids running every which way, life at the Adachi house is very full. Someone is always on the go, whether it's to band practice or to a work meeting or down the street to grandma's house. And I love having Chomps in the pantry for a high protein snack 
that's perfect for life on the go. Chomps are made with natural ingredients, come in nine delicious, bold flavors, and have up to 12 grams of protein per stick. You can even order them online and have them delivered straight to your door. Right now, Chomps is offering our listeners 20% off your first order and free shipping when you go to chomps.com slash genius. Go to chomps.com slash genius to see all the delicious flavors and get 20% off your first order and free shipping. That's C-H-O-M-P-S dot com slash genius. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. This episode is sponsored by Ritual. The days are getting longer, but it's still tough to get the recommended vitamin D from sunshine alone, not to mention the risks we take with sun exposure. That's why I love that my multivitamin is helping me out. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus, that's the one I take, was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study. And for someone like me who likes to move but has glass knees, I'll take all the extra support from my multivitamin I can get. Ritual's multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO, project verified, flute and major allergen free, and gentle on an empty stomach. Plus, each bottle has a minty essence that makes taking them actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash lazy genius. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash lazy genius for 20% off. Okay, so number five, stuff is the enemy of clean. Number six, there are 10 of these. Did I tell you that? There are 10 of these. Number six. Cleaning doesn't have to be reactionary. At first I said cleaning shouldn't be reactionary, but sometimes it is. Sometimes, sometimes we have someone coming over. So many people on Instagram, oh, it was the best. I said, what's your favorite tip for cleaning? So many of you were like, invite somebody over and then I'll clean my house. Love that. Love that so much. Um, But cleaning doesn't have to be reactionary. It can be, but it doesn't have to be all the time. If we can see our home as uh, full of daily tasks and rituals, and we'll get to that, then it's not about reacting to a mess that has become so bad that you can do nothing but take care of it. And then it becomes like this big epic situation, right? If we see cleaning as only reactionary, then we're not really keeping our home. We're kind of surviving in it until we can't take it anymore. And granted, your life may be that that's how it is right now, you know? But that mindset shift of thinking like, okay, how can I keep my home without reacting to things that are being depleted or in such a terrible state that I have to take care of it now? What are, even if it's just one area, where's one area in your home that you can handle preemptively, that you can handle daily so that when that moment of reactionary cleaning has to happen, for whatever reason, whether a kid gets sick and throws up everywhere or someone is coming over or your husband calls and is like, hey, I'm bringing the boss home for dinner and you freak out or whatever, um, you can actually move into reactionary cleaning because you have been handling it preemptively. So it's not as big of a deal. So thinking about cleaning as non-reactionary, at least most of the time, could be a really nice principle to carry into your home. Number seven, daily tasks matter. Now this is one that we know 
we've heard, have your routine, you know, do things every day, clean your kitchen every day, do a load of laundry every day, like whatever it is. I don't do a load of laundry every day. I have one laundry day, Monday. It's the best. Well, not the best because I don't enjoy laundry, but I don't forget it. I don't leave clothes in the washer to rot. Um, I don't have to fold laundry and put it away every day. That's my least favorite part. And to think about doing that every single day makes me want to die. So I have a laundry day and that works for me. And I don't do anything else that day um, in terms of the house at least. But my point is the daily tasks and you have them, you do have them. We all have them, but perhaps being more intentional about them will help. I look at like, for example, right now I'm sitting in my living room recording this and underneath my TV console thing is a lot of dust because the vacuum doesn't get under there, right? And I sweep, I use a broom most of the time on our hardwoods, but I don't put the broom under there because I just sweep what's visible. But if I don't take care of underneath there, then that dust accumulates and it gets kind of gross. And then I notice it like, oh man, I need to swiffer under there. But I don't have swiffering built into my routine. I have sweeping built into my routine. I sweep at the end of the day after I've cleaned the kitchen. That's another thing that's in my routine. But I don't have swiffering built into it. So if there are things that you notice that it's like, man, if I had a routine for that, this sure would help. Create one or add it to something that already exists or perhaps remove something from a morning or evening routine that might not be as important or delegate it to someone else or whatever the case may be. But if there are things in your home and keeping your home that you're not doing, it could very much be that they're just not part of a daily routine or that you just don't have a method to handle them. And so it's not just about like, man, I need to... I need to Swiffer under that thing. Then I have to think, when am I going to Swiffer? Do I have any Swiffer pads? I actually don't know. And then it becomes like a million decisions you have to make. So if you can have a routine, if you can have a loose plan of things that happen every day, I'm not saying you need to Swiffer every day. This is just what needs to happen in your own home for your own soul to keep your own home warm and welcoming. If you can think about those things and plan them, um, I've read in many iterations of this phrase, but a plan is basically a decision you've already made. I mean, that's really what it is. And isn't that so nice when a decision is made? You don't have to turn your brain on. You just do it. And so having some decisions made about how you're going to handle certain areas of your home, it really helps a lot. So number seven, we know this to be true, but it is such a principle of keeping your home that daily tasks matter. Just create the ones that matter the most to you. Number eight, you must have an end. Oh my gosh, this one is so huge because if we see, I hate cleaning because I'm like, when is it ever going to stop? Like you start wiping something down and then you notice dirt somewhere else. And then you're like, well, I might as well move into this room. or I might. And then it just becomes this cyclone of craziness. And then you love having the feeling perhaps of a post cyclone clean house. But then those feelings of guilt might creep in again of like, oh, we'll have to do this all the time. That took all day. No, thank you. Okay. If we go into any sort of cleaning task, not assigning what the end is, we are in major trouble. So the end could be as simple as setting a timer. So many of you do that when you're like 15 minutes. Once that 15 minutes is up, I'm done. It could be um, having a category of, of an activity like the floors. Um, but you just do perhaps whatever you can do on the floors that day. So it might just be sweeping. Maybe one day you have more time and you do sweeping and mopping, but ultimately it's not like, well, I sweep and then I see dust on that, that dresser. 
that I just swept under. Nope, that's not part of your task today because it will never be over otherwise. So create limits for yourself, whatever those look like, so that you can have an end. Otherwise, you'll go insane. So number eight, you must have an end. Number nine, start with the kitchen. I think this one is so important. If you have a clean kitchen, the rest of your house feels so much cleaner. It's just the way it goes. So um, Dana Dana White, the slob comes clean that I mentioned, her thing is the first thing is to do the dishes. Just always do the dishes. If you have time, do the dishes. I know Fly Lady, her thing is a clean sink, right? You have a shiny sink at the end of the day. That means that you've washed the dishes. That means that a lot of things have been put away in the kitchen. Really, the kitchen is where it starts. It's So if you are feeling overwhelmed in every other room, but perhaps you don't spend as much time in the kitchen or you're dividing your attention amongst all these rooms and it never feels like anything's done, maybe just start with the kitchen and see what happens. Create rhythm and routine and keeping of your kitchen with this mindset shift of these principles and see what happens. So number nine, very simple. Start with the kitchen. And then finally, this is my this is my favorite principle of keeping a home. Remember why it's good to be home. We hear that sentence. We say that sentence. It's good to be home. Why? Why is it good to be home? I used to go on, my husband and I used to go on these trips with um, our church high school group. We used to volunteer with the high school kids. And we would take a summer trip, like a mission trip every summer for a week or two. And I remember one of the first times that we were married and we went on the trip and I didn't really pick up the house or do anything. We kind of left in that whirlwind of packing and you just put the breakfast dishes in the kit, in the sink and it's fine. And the suitcase that we didn't end up taking was on the floor. And when we got home, it, it was good to be home, but it wasn't like super good to be home because the house felt crazy. And ever since then I thought, okay, when I leave my home for a long time, I'm going to make sure that when I walk in, it does feel good to be home. Now that could be true, not just coming home from a long trip. It can be true coming home from just a day of work or running errands or whatever. What, what is it about coming home that makes it good to be home? And I think a lot of that is having the home feel warm, that you can look at your home. You can look at the things that you have filled it with that are uh, make something, make a difference to you that means something to you. The decorations, the pictures on the wall, the flowers in the vase, the candle that was burning right before you left. And now your home smells like burnt out candle. Hooray. Whatever that is, think about why it's good to be home. And then you can move into tasks and perhaps routines and you can start to look for those specific tips and tricks and whatever to get those things done in order to make your home feel like home where it's good to be home. This is not about performing. This is not about perfection. This is not about comparing our homes with other people. It's just about keeping our home, caring for our home and the people that are in it. And this mindset shift is something that can, man, I'm having trouble saying mindset shift. This is something that can really help us move into the tasks of cleaning that we potentially really hate and make it much easier to do because our purpose is different. Our purpose is not just, oh, I need to mop the floor. Oh, I need to clean the bathroom. Oh, that toilet is so gross. Oh, the laundry. It's not about that. It's about, I want my kids to walk around on the floor and not feel gross or say, oh, like the thing that happened this morning where my kids stepped, I actually stepped an egg that I dropped on the floor and didn't pick up. That was cool. And then my son stepped in like, it was orange juice that had spilled that none of us cleaned up. And it was sticky on his foot. 
And then we had to like go get the wet paper towel and clean off his foot and then clean off the floor. No, no, no. If I had just picked up the dang juice when it spilled or rather than getting angry at him for doing it and being like, no problem, buddy, buddy, go get a paper towel and clean it up. You know, like if I had just moved into it, not out of annoyance of, oh, this house, it's never, ever going to be clean. And just been like, this is our home and things happen in our home and we are a team in our home and we're all going to work together to make it a home that's good to come home to. That's so different. It's so different. So I hope that these principles encourage you. They do me if I think about them. If I actually take the time to think about them, they do make a difference. So I'm going to print this out and put it in my house too. Um, So if you want these 10 principles uh, printed out for your home, you can go to the lazygeniuscollective.com slash 017017 and get yours too. So that is how the lazy genius cleans the house. And the payoff for this really is just a regularly cared for home that feeds the souls of the people who live there. Whether it's you, whether it's 10 of you, it doesn't matter. When we care for our home, it is a warm and welcoming place. And there is no shame in that. There's no guilt in doing it a certain way. It's not an old-fashioned concept. There is a lot of life in that. And I want to peel away those gnarly layers that are keeping me from seeing it as a positive thing and seeing it as just a chore and something that's annoying that I wish that I didn't have to do. I don't want to feel that way about my home. I, I'm so blessed where I live. I have, I have um, I've been given so much, and I know so many of us have. If you're listening to a podcast, you, you have a lot. You have a lot. And... I want to remember that and I want to be grateful and care for what I have. So I hope that this, this episode has encouraged you. It's a bit longer than usual, but um, just for 10 things, there's a lot to talk about. So, all right. So that is the end of this episode. You can go to the show notes. I'll list a couple of the posts that I mentioned um, and links to um, Dana's website and Fly Lady if you want some actual tips at thelazygeniuscollective.com slash lazy slash clean house. That's where the show notes are today. All right. So before we go, I want to share the lazy genius tip of the week as we usually do. This is one of the tips from that Instagram post I mentioned. Um, if you want to go to my Instagram, it's at the lazy genius. And the picture is of my baby girls. She's face down, um, looking a little bit exasperated. Um, that is the post with all these cleaning tips. You can go read them all. And there's some really, really great ones. But one of my favorite ones that I just hadn't really thought about was from Stephanie B. And she says, I saved my favorite podcast. Now, this is something you guys say a lot. This first half is a great idea and not super unusual. The second half is. She says, I saved my favorite podcast, plug in my earbuds and speed through the house. Of course, that's such a good tip. And I always forget like cleaning playlist, like make a cleaning playlist and save things that are really fun for you. And then maybe it'll be more motivating. But the second part I love, she says, oh, and I love how it's like, oh, afterthought. And I like candles. So it starts to smell clean immediately. That's motivating to me. When I read that, I was like, oh, that's so good. That might be diffusing oil if you're an essential oil user or yeah, just lighting a candle. But before you start, it's almost like setting your intention, right? It's, there's, um, there's a liturgy to that of when I clean my house every time I'm going to light a candle. There's something really beautiful and regular and even spiritual about that. And it makes your house smell good. Plus you still get the bonus, blow the candle out smell, which again, if somebody finds a candle that is that smell, um, tell me about it so I can buy one. All right. That does it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with me this long. 
Um, I am so, so grateful that you listen. You can find out more about me, mostly on Instagram. That's where I hang out at The Lazy Genius. The blog is thelazygeniuscollective.com. And the show notes for this episode, thelazygeniuscollective.com slash lazy slash clean house. Remember guys, let's be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. I'll see you next time. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've been lazy geniusing things for a lot of years now, but one thing that's at the root of almost every challenge we solve is a desire for more time. We want to get out the door in the morning, get dinner on the table, get all of our tasks done quickly so we have more time. The question is, time for what? The best way to add more time into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. For me, therapy helped me uncover what matters to me, the things I want to spend my time on so I can feel like myself more often. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TheLazyGenius today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TheLazyGenius.